the title of today's lesson is called Finding Peace. And uh, we're going to read in uh, Philippians chapter uh, 4 today. Philippians chapter 4, I'll read uh, starting in verse 1. Paul writes, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love, I long for my joy and crown. Stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. You know, if we want to find peace, the first thing Paul talks about here is, is, and it's point one, is to stand firm. He tells them to stand firm. And he reminds us to the church in Philippi, but it's not the only place he does this. This is a pretty common theme for Paul. In in 1 Corinthians 16, he tells the, the church in Corinth, he says, to be on your guard, to stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. In his letter uh, in, in 1 Thessalonians to the church in Thessalonica, the first letter, he says, For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 6, he says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And a second time with the church in Thessalonica and 2 Corinthians, he says, So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. So why is it that Paul, I mean, he says that many times, and he says to the church in in, in Philippi, but but what is it? Why tell them to stand firm? Why, Why does he continue to remind so many people? Why should I talk about that today? To stand firm. Well, when you think about standing firm, you know, it's, a, it's an action verb, right? Standing is, is, is an action. You've got to stand firm. You've got to brace yourself because it's presuming that something wants to knock you over when you stand firm. It presumes that something doesn't want you to stand. It presumes that there's a force working against you. Have you ever walked into the ocean on a beach you know what I'm talking about? Those, if you've done that, you walk in and, you, and all of a sudden, especially on a windy day, you got the waves crashing in. And what do you have to do? You have to kind of brace yourself. I mean, you've got, you've got the sand, you know, that's kind of, kind of rushing away from your feet. So you're kind of falling on there. You got waves coming in over the top of you. And you got the rip, turn, you know, rip current uh, you know, that, that says going back in. So you got all these forces all over. And then you get in a little bit farther, right? You get a little bit farther, and then it's up to your waist, and, and you're getting kind of tossed around. But what do you do? You stand firm, right? You kind of stand there. But then, have you ever, like, turned around, been distracted, looked back at, and see something or whatever, and then all of a sudden, boom, a wave crashes, and you, you, you do a facer right down into the ocean floor? Does that happen to anybody besides me? So you know what I'm saying. When, it's, when you're standing, you've got to stand firm in the ocean. Otherwise, it will knock you down. It will bowl you over. It will shove you down into the ocean floor. And if you're like me, have you ever like, gotten scraped? <laughs> you have like a fish slap you in the face or something when you're underwater. <laughs> but the waves are trying to knock you down. But that, a life is a lot like that. Right? Is, and that's why Paul is telling him to stand firm. Brace yourself. The waves are coming. The riptide is coming. The, the ocean floor you're standing, the, the, the sand is, is moving around underneath your feet. Stand firm. 
if you want to find peace, if you want to find peace, those things in life that are like that, you know, the, the things on the news that distract us, the things that, 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 that we get caught up in at work, or things that the, the hearsay, the, you know, the, 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 the bickering, the things that, that distract us away from standing firm in the Lord, we can't find ourselves reacting to all of those things. We can't find ourselves just kind of being led around by the thing, by the issues that are out here in, in the world today. The things that, 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 that uh, you know, get our, get, our, get our feathers ruffled, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? You know, the things that kind of bother us. I mean, I find myself, and I'm, I'm sure many of you, you know, things like, you know, you, you read something, you think, oh, no, you know, this is bad news, or this happened, or this, this person thinks that, or, 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 you know, whatever it might be. All these things tug at our hearts, tug at our minds. And if we find ourselves following those things around, we're not standing firm at all. We're, we're just getting tossed around by, by, the, by the things that the world offers us. And so I think what Paul is saying is, is church in Philippi, stand firm. Brace yourself against these things, against these things that are trying to knock you over in a spiritual sense, the things that are trying to knock you over and, and so that, that, that you can't love well, so that you can't be kind, those things that, that, that cause the bitterness roots to start in our hearts. Stand firm against those things in the spiritual sense. Those things that sap your faith, the things that, that take away the joy that you have in God. Those things that spiritually smash your face down to the ground. Stand firm, embrace yourself. You know, we all have those things. I know we do. I do. Everybody does. And sometimes, like the ocean, it can just be wave after wave after wave after wave after wave. Ugh. It's hard. But that's exactly what Paul is reminding the church. I'll read it again. Brothers and sisters, whom I love so much, I long for my joy and crown. Stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Well, in what way? What is he talking about? In what way? Well, for that, I think we have to go back into Philippians chapter 3, and James read some of this last week. In Philippians chapter 3, and I'm going to start reading in verse 17, and you can probably look at the whole chapter here, but I'm just going to focus in on this one, uh, one spot for today. Uh, verse 17, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a, as a model... Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you, um, told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destination is their destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But for us, our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Hey, we all know it. There is lots of people around us, people that we work with, people that are neighbors that, that, uh, that do not acknowledge the cross of Christ. 
right? They live in such a way that it is for themselves. They live in such a way. And that is not for us. And Paul's reminding the church here, hey, we know, we, you know, they had those people then. We have those people now. And I think we can say the same thing. But for us, let's look at that. But for us, our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is with God. That's where our home is. That's where we belong. Is with God. That is where we go. That is where we are from. And Paul talks about an eagerness. That we are eager. We eagerly await a Savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ. It's almost an oxymoron. Hurry up and wait. <laughs> we eagerly, but we eagerly await. I think, you know, you want to answer the question of how do we stand firm? That's a big piece of what Paul's talking about here. To eagerly await. To not be conforming to the world and conforming to the, what the world has to offer. But to remember that our citizenship is in heaven. And when you think of, a, of your home, when you think of the, of the place of your citizenship, what are the things that you think of? You think of familiarity, a refuge, uh, perhaps a family and friends, a haven, but also a place that, that, that owns you in the sense of, of that takes care of you. For example, you know, we now live in Charlottesville. I discovered that here in Virginia you pay personal property tax the other day. That's a new thing to us. I was wondering why my property tax was lower. No, that's because my personal property tax exists. It doesn't, it doesn't actually uh, uh, you pay that in Ohio. But, you know, this, this Charlottesville and Albemarle County, they have a kind of a responsibility to take care of me as I you know, pay my taxes and, and dwell in their spot, right? That's the kind of thing, thing for us. So when we have a citizenship someplace, we obviously live there. That's our home. That's our space. That's where our familiarity is. But then also in the same way of, 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 of the county and the city taking care of us is God in, in so much more glorious sense takes care of each of us. And so when we think about heaven, when we think about uh, Jesus, when we think about standing firm, I hope that it can bring an eagerness to us that someday we won't have to worry about these things, that, that, that the, the waves that hit us, the riptide that pulls us, the sand that is falling underneath us, that we won't have to worry about those things, that we won't have those things on our mind because someday out there those things in heaven don't actually exist. And our citizenship is in heaven. We're just not there yet. And so I think Paul is talking to these folks in Philippi and says, Hey, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Stand firm in this way, in a way eager to see your Savior. And he continues in verse uh, verse 2. I'm at a slow pace here in chapter 4, but don't worry, I'll get faster. <laughs> I plead with Yodia and I plead with Syntyche to be, the, be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, 
Help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. So he talks about these two women that have some kind of issue going on, some kind of disagreement, some kind of thing that, that has kind of sidetracked them a little bit. And perhaps they've, they've lost their, their, their sense of thinking about their citizenship in heaven. They've lost their sense of, of oh, you know, Jesus is my Lord. Maybe they've, they've, they've uh, whatever it is, it's all kind of a guess, but there's some kind of something that's going, uh, going awry here for them. You know, and that, and, and that happens to us a lot, at least to me. Like when you get anxious, when, you're, when you get worried uh, and, and, and worries and anxiety kind of, you know, kind of, you know, kind of move in your heart and in your brain a bit. Doesn't it awful oftentimes come out on a back end where, where, you know, you just don't love as well as don't get along with somebody. You know what I mean? You can't you, you're kind of missing each other. Husband is wise, maybe especially, you know, sometimes it's misdirected. Uh, your, your worry about this is misdirected in your relationship with someone else. Is you have, anybody else find that in themselves? And so maybe that's what's going on here with, with Yodia and Syntyche, is that there's, there's, you know, there, there's things going on. Maybe it's misdirected, maybe it's, it's, but it's coming out in a way where they're not getting along uh, with each other, not agreeing on, on, on some issue. Paul says they don't have the same mind in, in the Lord. But what's interesting there, he's not just talking at those two, he's actually talking about a, a, you know, a number of people here. He mentions five different people. The two women, a true companion, Clement, and the rest of his co-workers. Five different you know, people or groups of people. And he dresses them all, and, and you know, each, each unit in this case you know, has a job to do. They have a job to do, and that is to, to work together. And it reminds me, remember we talked about in Philippians chapter 1. In verse chapter, and I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 27. It reminds me of the scripture we talked about just a couple weeks ago. He says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Remember that? When we talk about that? Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit. Striving together for one, uh, for, as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. We talked about the manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And Paul's talking about unity. He's talking about them being together in one mind, moving forward in faith together. And so I think he dresses his, his women. You see, you see that. Well, they're, they're, they're on two different pages here. But it's not just them to straighten up. It's like, you folks, help them. Right? right? We, all, we are all in this together. Let's work together in it. It was going to take all of them to work together in this particular case. And I guess there's probably more, okay? You've got, you know, you've got wherever there's groups of people, sometimes there's, there's this, right? Yeah. We see that sometimes even in our own families. But it's going to take all of them to work together, to be together, and to stand firm. And when I say be together, I'm not just talking about in proximity to each other. Right? Those are two different things. We can be together as a church, or we can be together with a, you know, people we love. 
in proximity, but not really be together, can't we? We can be together like this, or we can be together like this. And I think what Paul's wishing for is for them to be together in one standing together, not just in proximity uh, to each other. But it was going to take all of them with the right spirit in a world where, you know, that's hard to understand. To have a unified spiritual view in a place that wants us to live by what we see, not by what we don't see. But there was going to be an effort here uh, for a lot of people to work together, to stand firm. And so I want to remind us today to stand firm. You want to find peace? Stand firm in the Lord. Stand firm in the Lord. Stand firm with each other. Stand firm together. That's how we start to find peace. And I think that's exactly what's going on here in the church at Philippi, is that they're struggling in the same, same kind of things that, that, that sometimes weigh on us. Yeah. And so Paul continues. And I'll uh, start reading verse 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Point number two in finding peace is be okay with not understanding everything. In fact, most things. That's the whole point. Be okay with not understanding everything. In fact, most things. Now, I don't know how many things there are in the world to understand. There might be a million, there might be a hundred million. I don't even know how you would even begin to measure that. But there's a lot, right? Yeah. There's a whole lot. Let's just say for lack of, you know, maybe easier number to, to, to grasp a hold, there's one million things in the world to understand. Let's say I have a pretty good understanding of like ten of these things. And then, you know, one of you might have, you know, an understanding of maybe 15 of these things. Somebody else, they understand about 20 of those things. Then you have, you know, maybe, you know, some of the brighter members who maybe understand, you know, 30 of those things. And maybe one or two of those things, you know, kind of intersect with each other, but then maybe a whole lot of those things, you know, you understand over there, and I understand this over here, and somebody else understands this over here. And again, maybe one or two of those things start to intersect with each other. But mostly we just understand different things. But then we have opinions on a lot of other things. We just don't understand them. We can start to see how there might be some problems. And it's not just here. I mean, let's, let's expand it. Let's expand it to the city of Charlottesville, to, to the, the whole area. I was going to say the counties, but I don't know all the county names. I haven't been here long enough. Well, how about the whole state of Virginia? 
You know, different people that know different things, right? And have different opinions on different things and understand things better than others. Well, then you start going around the globe. Well, then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, you've got people from all over the place. That, you know, people on the other side of, of the globe may understand something better than I do. And you can start to see how, wow, that's going to be a whole lot of opinions and a lot of things. And a lot of understandings that don't intersect. Well, then you start to add in people's sinful natures. And you start to see, my goodness, it can lead to all kinds of badness and misunderstandings. It can lead to all kinds of, of, of anxieties and worries. And it can sap the joy out of us if we let it. There's a lot of things in the world. And we just don't know sometimes, understand all these things. And so you can start to see of, of, well, no wonder I have so many worries and anxieties. I don't understand. I don't understand what's, you know, I, it might be like what's going to happen tomorrow. What's going to happen with the rest of my life? What's going to happen next month? I'm worried about this situation today. I'm worried about this or that. And these anxieties, these, 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 these uh, worries creep up and they can sap our joy. And I think in some ways, you know, Paul was talking to, to the uh, women and to the group together to work together, to stand firm, to be together, yeah. and to help each other out. And then that's why he launches into, of, hey, listen, uh, there's a lot of stuff that can sap us, that can take our, our joy away, that can cause us to not stand firm. But just remember this, to rejoice in the Lord always. Then he goes on. But there is, there is a lot to be anxious about. What does the future hold? What will happen tomorrow? Where will my life take me? That's just for starters. There always will be that. At least until you're in the mid-50s. I can tell you that, personally speaking. That there will always be that. And so I read this again because I... I Paul says this so well. He says it so well. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer, by petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put in practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I can't say it any clearer or any better than what Paul writes to find peace in our lives. We, we, we need to have that relationship with God. 
to find understanding. Well, reality is there's going to be some stuff we don't understand. But you can count on that God does. That God's, the peace of God transcends all understanding. Meaning the stuff you understand and meaning the stuff you misunderstand and the meaning of the stuff you don't understand at all. Okay, God's peace transcends all of that. And it will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. But we have to be in touch with that. And that's why Paul's talking about with prayer, with petition, with thanksgiving. Let's keep going back to God. We need that because we don't understand everything. And we never will. And going back to point two is that at some point we just have to be okay with that. Resolve ourselves. God, let me give it to you. And then I love this verse, uh, verse 8. Because there's lots of things that can take our, our thought processes. Lots of things we can think about. Lots of things in the world that can, can occupy our brain space. But Paul is like brothers and sisters. And he goes through a whole list of like good things. Whatever's true, whatever lovely, whatever admirable. Think about these things. Think about those things. And I love the, the last sentence. And the God of peace will be with you. I'm so grateful to, to, for, for, to be able to finish up the, the uh, book in Philippians. And there's so much more. I mean, we touched just the surface on that. But these were people just like us. People just like us that had anxieties and worries. They had disagreements with each other or different things. And I think we can learn a lot from them. There's so much. But if we want to find peace, if we want to find peace, I think from, uh, from, from Paul here in chapter 4, we've got to stand firm yeah. and stand firm together. Yeah. And we've got to know and trust that we don't understand everything, but God does. Yeah. And go to God. Go to God in prayer with thanksgiving. And the peace of God will be with us as well. Let's go ahead and say a prayer, and we'll take the words. Thanks for listening to the Blue Ridge Podcast. My name is James Lim, and if you'd be interested in more resources like this or connecting with us, visit us online at blueridge.church or join us at Burnley Moran Elementary School at 1030 a.m. Sundays in Charlottesville, Virginia. Thanks for tuning in, and see you next time.